I told you a little bit ago that we are looking at Luke chapter 1, verses 36 through 30, uh, 26 through 38 this morning with this brand new Christmas sermon series, Hope Revealed, Good News for All. And I, and I pray that as you are entering into this Christmas season that you would stop and really reflect and understand the good news of what it means for us. It's because of Christ Jesus coming to this earth, living that sinless life, and ultimately dying on that cross for us that we have the right to be called children of God because of what God has shown to us. He's given us that grace and that mercy, and we can proclaim him as Abba Father if we would profess Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So I'm so thankful for Christmas because it's the beginning of where God sent Jesus to us. And so this morning, as we embark on this new sermon series, we're going to see how hope was revealed to Mary. And I think that by the time we finish with this passage, we're going to see how hope was revealed to Mary, but also we're going to see there's a message for us in this, especially with what Mary's response is. You know, this time of year, we bring up, gather together to decorate our homes. We gather together to decorate our church building. We get to go out to parades and, and minister to the community, giving out hot chocolate and cookies. And that is all great, and it's all wonderful things, and that's part of our mission. But what fuels our mission is what we celebrate at Christmas, and that is Jesus coming for us. Looking at this passage today, we're going to see how Mary responds to the news that we could stop and say is earth-shattering to her. To stop and say, wait a second, this is, this is life-altering, yet her response is so incredibly powerful. And so with saying that and with, with beginning into this passage, let's stand together as we honor the reading of God's word by looking at Luke chapter 1 starting in verse 26. The word of the Lord says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came and said to her, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. 34 says, And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel said to her, answered to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her uh, who was called barren. Excuse me. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is the word of God. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, I thank you. I thank you so much, Father, that we are gathered here now, proclaiming your name in song and now in your word, being proclaimed boldly before the congregation. Father, I pray during this time, Lord, that we would stop 
and stop reflecting on the things that we might have to do the rest of the day, the things that we might have to do in the upcoming week, the things that we've been going through, and for this moment that we would stop and that we would hear from you today. Father, I pray for every individual within the sound of my voice and maybe, maybe even those that are listening online right now, and I pray, God, that no matter where we are, no matter what we are going through, Lord, that we would listen, and Lord, whatever you are telling us to do, we would be obedient to it and step out in faith, whatever that may be, and trust you, Father. Lord, I thank you for this Christmas season. I thank you for sending Jesus to this earth to be born of the Virgin Mary in a stable God that would ultimately lead to a cross and the resurrection. Father, I pray for our brothers and sisters that are gathered all around our community right now, lifting high the name of Jesus. Father, I pray over our dear friends at Cooper River Baptist, Brett Pagan, as he is now starting to come back into the pulpit after suffering the concussion with the accident that is Lord, I thank you that you have taken care of them during this time. I pray, God, that you would use him powerfully as he leads at Cooper River, that you may get all the glory, honor, and the praise. And I just pray. Father, be with us now. We bless you. We love you. We honor you in Christ's name. Amen. See you. So in this passage today, we are going to see how hope is revealed to Mary by Gabriel. We're going to see in his revealing these things to her that there are three major things that come about from this. We're going to see that there is a revealed eternal kingdom. We're going to see that there is a revealed power of the Holy Spirit and that there is a revealed invitation to Mary, but also to us. So with that said, I'm not going to give you the three points yet. I want to look at a few of the verses first. Look at verse 26 with me. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now that sixth month, as we see a little bit later in the passage, it is all tying in to Elizabeth. Elizabeth is a relative of Mary, and she is at her sixth month of her pregnancy at this time. Now, if you would take the time, if you, if you have some time, um, maybe earlier, or excuse me, later this afternoon or something, go back and read verses 5 through 25, because in that, you're going to see where the birth of John the Baptist is foretold, and John the Baptist is the one who is going to go and prepare the way of the Lord. He is going to go out and proclaim that the Messiah is coming, and John the Baptist is the one in whom Elizabeth is carrying. She is pregnant with John the Baptist at this time. And so, oh, from a little bit later on in reading through the book of Luke in, the, in these early chapters, that as Mary approached Elizabeth, what does John do in her womb? He leaps in her womb. Even in the womb, John is going and preparing the way of the Messiah. I just think that is so fitting. That is the, the section after what we're looking at today. Uh, if you want to go and read it, that read about that as well. But in this sixth month, this is of Elizabeth's pregnancy, and she is... Um, the angel is referring verse 27 it says to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary obviously virgin describes the state that Mary is in she has not had relations with a man matter of fact at this time Mary I believe is around the age of 14 somewhere in there now at this time period in this reading, being betrothed to someone, that usually happens around that time. A lot of us today will stop and say, early. That is crazy, but that is the way in which they did things at that time. 
And to be betrothed to someone it is this legal binding engagement. Usually it was initiated by the father looking for the spouse for the son. And so this is, this is what's happened. Mary and Joseph are betrothed to each other. This is going to be the marital state that will come for them. Now look at what it says at the end of 27. Joseph of the house of David. It is so fitting that we point that out because it falls in line with the divinic line. It tells us all through the Old Testament, Isaiah and, 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 and other prophets would proclaim of the Messiah to come. This Jesus would be of the lineage of David. You're going to see something about that in just a moment. Look at 28. And he said to her, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Gabriel shows up on the scene and Mary, this young teenager, is sitting there and the angel says, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Now, what, what, what do you think Mary did in that moment? Well, hot dog, I'm the favored one. All right, how's it going? No, she was probably taken aback by that. I mean, let me ask you something. If you're sitting there and you're just enjoying your day and an angel just appears before you, you're gonna be taken back, aren't you? She, this angel shows up before her and says, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Now, obviously, she's not sitting there in that moment full of excitement. She's taken back because it tells us right there in 29, but she was greatly troubled at this saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Now, in 28, when we saw where he says favored one, if you look in the Greek text, the word favored there, for that, that phrase favored one, it means charis or grace. She is the favored one. God is showing grace to Mary in this. God is using Mary for this purpose. It's the same type of language that we can see in the Old Testament towards Noah, towards Moses. He says, the Lord is with you. It's a statement that shows that there uh, is not this, um, this, this wish, if you will, of may the Lord be with you. If you recall, if you were here last year when we went through the book of Ruth leading up to Easter Sunday, and if you weren't, you can go back and listen on the website, they're on there. You can go and listen, and we, we talked about how Boaz, right when he is going to the kinsman redeemer to say, or the, the one that, would, that should be the one to redeem Ruth, he says, may the Lord be. That was a way of almost saying this wishful thing of may the Lord be with you. But in this instance here, when Mary is being greeted by Gabriel, Gabriel doesn't say may the Lord be with you, Mary. He says the Lord is with you. It's not this wishful thing. This is definite. Gabriel is telling Mary the Lord God Almighty, the Most High, he is with you. His power is present. It is obvious are favored Mary. Now we said there that nine that she was greatly troubled at the saying and was trying to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Now I told you about the age range of what Mary would be, but you also have to understand some other things about Mary. More than likely she was a, a young peasant girl. She had no fame, no riches to her name. She was just an ordinary person, more than likely poor. Now that alone can go into a sermon series all by itself because we have seen countless times all throughout God's word how God intervenes in the lives of ordinary people and does miraculous things through them. 
We can look through the Old Testament and we can see Moses as God comes to Moses and he says, Moses, you will lead the people. Moses stops and says, whoa, God, hold on. I'm illiterate. I mean, I can't really speak well in front of people. You got to have somebody else. And God says, no, I chose you. God continually throughout his word uses ordinary people who if we were to ask them to their face, hey, do you feel like God is able to use you for the task at hand? They would probably be honest with you and say, no, not at all. But thank God for his grace and mercy that he leads through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to use us even when we feel like we can't accomplish what he's calling us to do. Whenever God tells us to do something, we have to do it. We have to be obedient. We see it in the disciples in the New Testament. These guys are ordinary fishermen that are just casting their nets. Before Troy left us, he, he preached two sermons back to back and the one two weeks ago about the net, mending the net and preparing the net. These are ordinary fishermen that God called to go out and change the world. And scripture does not tell us that he called them and they said, eh, not today. No, every time that they're called, it tells us that they immediately followed the Lord. And we're going to see here that Mary's response, although she is this poor young girl, although she probably doesn't know too much scripture besides what she was a part of when she would go to the worship times, God still uses her to bring the Messiah to the world. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And it's amazing to remember for each and every one of us. Because I don't know what you may be dealing with right now in your life. God may be setting you on the course for something that he has amazing for you next. And he's already maybe even revealed it to you. And you might be saying, I can't do this. Can't. But if you would be obedient to me and you would trust me, I will lead you every step of the way. I think that's a good reminder for our church. As we move into this new season of life in our church, we must remember that the God Almighty, the Most High, has called Holmes Avenue Baptist Church for a purpose. I don't know about y'all, but you guys came in through open doors this morning. The doors aren't locked. We're not closed down. We're still living, and the Spirit of God is moving amongst us. Let us stay focused on the mission at hand that he's given us. Let us be obedient and say, yes, Lord, we're yours. Gabriel tells Mary again in verse 30, the angel said to her, do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. It's this this wonderful reminder. Mary, you're about to hear this news and it's gonna take you back, but do not be afraid. You have been found favor. Absolutely beautiful. Now for these next verses, 31 through 38, I want to give you three things that we can see in this. The first of which is, verse 31 through 33, there is a revealed eternal kingdom. There is a revealed eternal kingdom. Look at 30, uh, 31, excuse me. And behold, you will conceive... In Bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. 
He just lays it out for her and says, Mary, here it is. This is what the son that you are going to have, this is what he is going to do. He reveals to her that there is an eternal kingdom that will come. The prophet Isaiah in chapter 9, 6 through 7 tells us, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of the peace, there will be no end on the throne of David. There's that divinic line of the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. You've heard this before. I dare say that somebody comes up to me and they tell me, hey, the Old Testament, we don't need that no more and it don't apply to us. I like to sit down and have a conversation with them and say, I don't understand that. Because as we read all throughout the Old Testament, it continually points to Jesus. Here's one primary example right here. This is relevant for us today because as we read that Old Testament passage that I just read, and I'm gonna read another one to you in just a moment. As we read that Old Testament passage, It points to Jesus, and it ties in exactly with what Gabriel in the New Testament has told Mary. Jesus is this one who will reign forever. 32, that says that he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David. Now, I told you a few moments ago, John the Baptist is the one that is in Elizabeth's womb. John the Baptist is the one that is going to go and prepare the way of the Lord. John the Baptist is a great man, but he's not the son of God. John the Baptist is the prophet of the most high God, but he's not the son of God. There will be times where people will think, well, maybe maybe John the Baptist, this is the guy as Jesus begins his ministry, but John the Baptist says, whoa, he must increase I must decrease. I'm not the guy. The Messiah. But we see that there, the son of the most high. Jesus is the promised successor. He is the one that is the promised kingdom, reigning, ruling, king of kings, lord of lords. Second Samuel 12 through 13 says to us, days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers. Now this is God speaking to David. I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Again, written in the Old Testament in 2 Samuel, pointing to Jesus. So beautiful. There is going to be a defeat of the enemy and the reign of Christ is going to be eternal. Gabriel's laying it out to Mary. He's telling her, this is what is coming. The second thing that we see, there is revealed power in the Holy Spirit. There is revealed power in the Holy Spirit. Look at 34. And and then Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? Mary obviously is putting two and two together. How can I have a child 
if I am a virgin. She's tying that back in with what was said earlier in 31. This is, this is really hard for me to understand. How can this be? But in 35, so beautiful, the angel answered to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be, called, to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, will perform this miracle. She will become, she is a virgin. It's beautiful. It's beautiful because then we can see that Jesus is not only fully man, but he's fully God. It's because of the working of the Holy Spirit that accomplishes this mission, this miracle that God has laid out before Mary through Gabriel. 36 says to us, and behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. And before I look at 36, there's, there's one last thing that I just want to point out from 35, the tail end of it. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the son of God. Anytime that we're reading through scripture and we see something and then we see the word therefore, it's a tie-in. It's a way of saying because of this, this. So when we see there that Gabriel says that the Holy Spirit will come upon and, the, and, and the God, the God of the Most High will do this, he will overshadow you. Because of this, the child to be born will be called holy, the Son of God. Only God could do this. And when we see 36, there's with Mary the good news of Elizabeth, who was once. If you remember that story, Elizabeth could not have a child. She was older. Six months of pregnancy, the announcement has now come. Now, let, let, let's stop for a second and just see the news that Mary has heard so far. Her world has basically been flipped upside down because she has now heard that she is going to have a child. I think we can all agree that she did not plan for that. She was not planning for that to happen. But that truth has now been given to her. So that is a major bit of news that's been given to her that only God could do. And then she hears the news that Elizabeth, who is not have a child in her old age, is now pregnant. Something also that only God could do. Absolutely beautiful to see how God works everything. Lastly, with 37 to 38, we see the third point. There is a revealed invitation to us. Because as we read through this, we're going to see how we can jump in on this, how we can see this invitation and take part in it. Verse 37, Gabriel says, for nothing will be impossible with God. For nothing will be impossible with God. Now, I want to I insert one thing there, because that is a very powerful verse, and it is very true. Very true. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Say it with me. Nothing is impossible with God. As we are part of the mission that God has called us to, 
We may look at, we could look at statistics. We could look at, um, just look around and say, oh, we don't have many people on board right now. We could look at all this and we could say, man, we have a huge task ahead of us. And I would say, yes, we do. But nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. We must live our lives seeking to glorify God and praying, this is very important, praying that his will be done in our lives. Don't miss what I just said. That his will be done. Because there are times that we want our desires and our will to be done. We have to remember, even as hard as be, we have to remember, God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not necessarily mine. Because we can go ahead and we can plan out our lives and we can say all that we have for us. For a church, we can say, oh man, we have this ahead. We're going to do this. We're going to accomplish this. But we have to also remember that we have tunnel vision. We can only see certain things ahead. God Almighty sees it all. We must submit to him and trust him in whatever he's leading us. Nothing is impossible with God. Live your life in a way that you say, Lord, I want to glorify you. I want to trust you. Obedient to you. Your will be. Look at 38. This is very, very important. Mary said, behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed her. Do you see the faith of Mary in that moment? Mary has just heard the fact that at such a young age, she is about to have a child that she did not plan for. Her entire world is flipped upside down. And she does not stop and say, Gabriel, you've lost your mind, I'm out. Gabriel, I can't do that. Gabriel, I am not equipped for that. I can't do it. No, she says, behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Do unto me according to your word. What faith. How beautiful is that? Absolutely incredible for her to just stop and say, God, whatever you want, I'm yours. Do it. That's the invitation to us. That is the revealed invitation to us, church. We have entered into this Christmas season. Sanctuary is beautiful. We're going to have a wonderful cantata tonight. We're going to celebrate Christmas for the next few weeks. We're going to have an amazing Christmas Eve service. And then this Christmas season will be over. But at the same time as we have this new Christmas season coming in, church, we have a new season of life in our church. We have a new season to which God is leading us. 
And my prayer for us over the next days, weeks, months, preferably years, is that all of us, unified in one accord, would say to God, behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Do unto me according to your word. My prayer for us is that Holmes Avenue Baptist Church would say, Lord, behold, we are servants of the Lord. Do unto us according to your word. My prayer for us is that as we are out in the community and we're giving hot chocolate and we're giving cookies and we're telling people on the streets about Jesus, that the community of Park Circle would stop and say, whoa, that church says that they're servants of the Lord and they say that they will do whatever it is that God wants them to do according to his word. And I believe it. My prayer for this church is that we would stop and say to the city of North Behold, we are servants of the Lord. Do unto us, Lord, according to your word. Because church, if we seriously do that, And we seriously wake up daily and say, Lord, I am yours. I am a servant of the Lord. Do unto me according to your word. If we do that, lives are going to be changed. This city will change. And the kingdom of God will grow. Because people will move from death into life. We just have to be obedient. We have to have the same attitude as Mary. We have to remember an eternal kingdom. We have to remember that that eternal kingdom has defeated the grave. We have to remember that in the Holy Spirit because if you in this room profess Christ Jesus you have a regenerate heart you have been saved you know the power of the Holy Spirit you've encountered it it's inside of you and you know that there is an invitation for you and for me and that is to live our lives before the Lord God Almighty and say Lord we are yours Do unto us according to your word. Man, you can go ahead and come forward. Church, I don't know where everybody is right now, spiritually. I don't know, with a a room this size, I can look around and I, I I know everybody in this room, but I don't know where your heart is. I don't know if you have things going on in your life that are just tearing you apart. Maybe it's a sin issue, maybe it's something else. And you need to repent of it. Today is the day to do that. 
You may be in this room and you may not truly know Jesus as Lord and Savior. You may not truly understand this hope that has been revealed to you because you don't know the Savior that came to the manger, that died on the cross, that rose from the grave. My prayer for you, for all of us, no matter where you are, is that you will take this time right now, and it, it's, not some, it's not some sacred moment where you have to come down and talk to me to, to be saved or to, to make your life with God, your relationship with him right. You can do it right where you are. But one of the reasons why we stand here at the conclusion of the service is so that you know that we are here for you and that we want to pray for you and we want you to be encouraged and know that we're here. More importantly, that God is here for you. So whatever that is, as the band sings this song, they're going to sing the song Exalted Overall. Such a powerful song for us to sing right now. That is my desire for our church is that we would say, God, you are powerful. You are worthy. Let us exalt Christ in everything we say and we do. So during this time as the band sings, I'm going to pray for us. And I'm going to invite you, if you need prayer, you need to talk, come forward and talk to me. If you don't feel comfortable doing it now, talk to me afterwards. I'll be here all day until tonight when we have our cantata. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, I thank you for today. Lord, I thank you so very much, Lord, for the good news of Jesus Christ and you sending him to earth to begin the process, Lord, that would lead him to the cross where he would die in our place, Lord. Lord Jesus, I pray as we come to this time of singing, Lord, that we would truly sing these words and mean them from the bottom of our hearts for you, Lord, that Christ be exalted over all. Because only one name is higher. Only one name is stronger than any other kingdom, any other throne. It's Christ Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords. Father, whatever you have for each of us in this room right now, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would lead us and that we would be obedient to hear from you. And we will be bold to step out in that. Be glorified, Lord. We love you in Christ's name.